0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. We left off last time with Jacob marrying Leah, not getting his beloved Rachel, working seven more years to get Rachel, and now he has two wives, Leah and Rachel. And Leah was very fertile indeed, dropping one child after another, but Rachel was barren so Leah stopped having children no more of this oh life in the tent was not pleasant the two sisters squabbling all the time but Jacob was given two maidservants, Bilhah and Zilpah and he had children with them so as we left our lesson on Monday Jacob had two wives, and two secondary wives. And he had 11 sons and one daughter, Dina. Now we move into Genesis chapter 30 at verse 25. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Uncle Laban, "'Send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland.'" Give me my wives and children for whom I've served you, and I'll be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. And he did. Jacob worked hard for old Laban. But Laban, if we think Jacob is a deceiver, and he is. Oh, when Jacob goes to live with Uncle Laban, he goes to graduate school in deception. Laban said, if I've found favor in your eyes, uh, please stay. Uh, I've, I've learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. So he added, name your wages, I'll pay them. And Jacob said to him, you know how I've worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. The little you had before I came has greatly increased and the Lord has blessed you up one side and down the other the whole time I've been here. But now, when may I do something for my own household? And Laban said, well, what shall I give you? Jacob said, nothing. But if you do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today, and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages, and my honesty will testify for me in the future. Whenever you check on the wages that you've paid me, any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted, or any lamb that is not dark-colored, will be considered stolen from you. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as you said. So that same day, Laban removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them, and all the dark-colored lambs, and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob, and while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So Jacob found that the speckled and spotted and dark animals were gone. But Jacob is nobody's fool. Jacob is a deceiver. Jacob is shrewd. But Jacob was also a good livestock breeder. Jacob took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the water troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. And when the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches, and they therefore bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Uh, how did that work? Well, it was a superstition, a folktale. But Jacob was a very good selective breeder. Did the branches have anything to do with it? No, but Jacob had something to do with it. Here we have this folktale, this folk superstition inserted into our story to kind of explain what happened. But if indeed, He's breeding speckled and spotted dark animals. Then he was breeding very selectively. And he knew those animals quite well. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streaked and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. And thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. And whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals and create more. In this way, he became exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and maidservants and servants, and camels and donkeys. Camels were expensive. That was like owning a Rolls Royce and donkeys. Well, Jacob uh, Laban's sons were watching all of this. And Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all the wealth from what belonged to our father. He didn't have a single sheep when he came here. And now, look at this. They were our fathers. They were bred from our fathers. They should be ours. Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Laban is angry. He's carrying a grudge about all this. And then the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and your relatives, I'll be with you. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out to the fields where the flocks were. Come away from the house. The palace has ears, you know. So they came out to the field and he said to them, I see that your father's attitude toward me is not what it was before but the God of my fathers has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages ten times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. Your, Your father, my uncle Laban, has deceived me. Oh, that's so rich. If he said the speckled ones will be your wages... Then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young. If he said the streaked ones would be your wages, then all the flocks bore a streaked young, because I knew what I was doing breeding these animals. So God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. Why, in breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male, the, that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, or spotted. The angel of God said to me in a dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. And he said, look up and see that all the male goats are mating with the flock, are streaked, speckled, and spotted. For I've seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you fell asleep with your head on a rock and made a vow to me. Now, I've come through for you leave this land at once, and go back to your native land. And then Rachel and Leah replied, Well, wait a minute here. Do we have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us to you, but he's used up what was paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. Our father tried to take everything from you and you turned the tables on him with the help of God. And now our inheritance that we lost because we married you, that should be ours. And what you have gotten is what we have gotten. So do what God has told you. We're heading back to your native land. So Jacob put his children and his wives on camels, and he drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated and paid in to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Well, when Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household Gods, his teraphim, little images that were placed in the dwellings. Moreover, Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean by not telling him he was running away. So he fled with all that he had and crossing the river, headed for the hill country of Gilead. (laughs) Jacob deceived Laban. The deceiver deceived the master. And he didn't tell Laban he was leaving. It was a midnight move. A big U-Haul truck pulled up in the middle of the night. All the furniture got loaded on it, and off it went. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Jacob, your two daughters, the two maidservants, all the children... All the furniture, all the sheep and the goats and the camels and donkeys, they're all gone. The place is empty. So taking his relatives with him, old Laban pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night, and he said, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Watch yourself. Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead, the central mountain range, when Laban overtook him. And Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me. Talk about the pot calling the kettle black. (laughs) You have deceived me. And you have carried off my daughters like captives in war. My daughters! Hey, wait, they are my wives. I earned them. Fourteen years I worked for you. Can you imagine the argument going on? Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of tambourines and harps? Oh, right, as if he was going to do that. What? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You, You have done a stupid thing. I have the power to harm you. I could, I could have my men kill you right now. But last night, the God of your father said to me, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now, you've gone off because you longed to return to your father's house. I understand that. But why did you steal my gods, my teraphim, my household images? Jacob answered Laban. Uh, All right. I was afraid. I I thought you'd take your daughters away from me by force. But if you find anyone who has your gods, he shall not live. Now remember, we have Abraham, who was a pagan who met God in Genesis chapter 11 and 12. God made a covenant with Abraham. Abraham had Isaac, and the covenant was reaffirmed. And Isaac had Esau and Jacob, and the covenant was reaffirmed when Jacob had stolen it from Esau. God didn't choose the Jews. There were no Jews to choose. He created the Jews from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the 12 boys who will be sons of Jacob. There are no Jews yet. The law has not been given yet. The household gods of Uncle Laban, well, he he lived in Mesopotamia. So Jacob said, If anyone here has your gods, he shall not live. In the presence of of our relatives, see for yourself whether there's anything of yours here with me, and if so, take it. Now, Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, and he ransacked it. He looked at everything. He opened up the mattresses, the pillows, looked at everything. And he went into Leah's tent and the tent of the two maidservants. But he found nothing. After he came out of Leah's tent, he entered Rachel's tent. Now, Rachel had taken the household gods and put them inside her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. So she had them underneath the camel saddle, and she's sitting on the saddle. Laban searched all through everything in the tent, but found nothing. Laban looked at his youngest daughter, Rachel. She's sitting there watching him do this. When he came into her tent as his daughter, she should have stood up. That's common courtesy. But she didn't. He looks at her sitting there on the, on the saddle. And Rachel said, Oh, uh, don't be angry, my, my lord. I, I, I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm, I'm having my period. <laughs> what, what a great excuse. So he searched, but he could not find the household gods. Jacob was angry. He took Laban to task. Laban ransacked every single tent. And Jacob said to Laban, What is my crime? What sin have I committed that you hunt me down? Now that you have searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine and let them judge between the two of us. I, I have been with you for 20 years now. Your sheep and goats had not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or by night. This was my situation. I worked my butt off for you. I took care of all your animals. If anything happened to any of them, I replaced it. I paid for it. You didn't give me a dime. The heat consumed me in the day, the cold at night. Sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for 20 years in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times. And if the God of my father, the God of Abraham and Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. You know it, and I know it. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night, he rebuked you. Laban answered Jacob, The women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks. And Laban gestured to the entire camp of Jacob, and he said, All you see here is mine. Yet, what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they're born? I've been betrayed by my own daughters. Come now, let's make a covenant you and I. Let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relatives, gather some stones, so they took stones, they piled them up in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. And Laban called it Yegar Shadutha. And Jacob called it Gelid. Now, Laban said, this heap of rocks is witnessed between you and me today. That is why it was called Gelid. It was also called Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord keep watch between you and me while we're absent one from another. I love that. How many times growing up in church may the pastor or priest have said at the end of the the liturgy, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. That was always a blessing. Here, it's an agreement between two crooks. So if you mistreat my daughters or you take any wives besides them, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. If you do anything to harm my daughters, you'll pay for it. Laban also said to Jacob, Here is this heap and here this pillar I've set up between you and me, this heap a witness, this pillar a witness, And I will not go past this heap to your side or harm you. You don't come past it to harm me. This is the boundary. I'm going to leave. I'm going back north, back home. You continue on south. You're not welcome north of this rock heap. And I'm sure I'm not welcome south of it. May the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father, Isaac. And he offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. And after they had eaten, they spent the night there. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. And then he left and returned home. So Jacob, after 20 years Is finally on his own. And what will he do? Well, if we continue the story chapter by chapter moving through Genesis, Jacob is the deceiver. And you know Jacob will continue with deception. But in chapter 32, Jacob wrestles with God. And God changes his name. Remember, Abram was changed to Abraham. Sarai to Sarah. Jacob will become Israel, he who struggles with God. Jacob had a tough time with the two sisters, their maidservants, all those children. And he continually struggled with God. It was not an easy journey. In the end, Jacob, well, finds some degree of comfort. So that's it for today, for Wednesday. I'll be back with you on Friday. And again, make sure you have a look at audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com. Search Dr. Bill Creasy and you'll find all seven years of verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible right there on Audible. You can listen to it on any device, and it'll be a lot of fun, I hope. Okay, blessings to you, and I will see you on Friday. Bye-bye now.